I started out yesterday referencing the German government report, which said there are no signs of a significant recession, which many observers have long considered inevitable. Now, they were talking, obviously, about the German economy, but we're seeing more and more that narrative of a soft landing catch on all over the world, in particular, the United States. Stocks are up. Uh, consumer prices are down a bit. Consumer Consumers themselves feeling somewhat better. Confidence is up ever since the peak in consumer prices. And it kind of makes sense. If you think that consumer prices were the big economic problem, and they were, then it would, it would seem rational that if there we have lower consumer prices, there would be reduced economic risks. But that's not always the case. As we talked about in Germany, there are substantial signs of substantial recession. In the United States, because this is a globally synchronized world, we see substantial signs of substantial recession here too. And that's even after considering today's GDP report, which many people look at and say, see, soft landing, Goldilocks. We had some trouble in the first half of the year. Now it seems like everything has been smoothed over with consumer price pressures falling even more, though gas prices are up again in January. That it leads us into the situation where everybody hoped it would be, where Jay Powell said we were going to go, that the economy, the red hot recovery of 2021, slowed down in the first half of 2022 and reached that stable equilibrium, stable non-inflationary non equilibrium that everyone hoped for. But is that actually the case? Well, the GDP number makes it, as I said, makes it seem like it did. For the fourth quarter, the continuously compounded annual rate was 2.85056% if you care about that level of precision, which you shouldn't because these GDP numbers are broad strokes. That's only down a little bit from 3.19185 in the third quarter. So it sounds again like the economy's doing relatively well. I mean, 3% before 2020, that was a really good quarter. But when you start digging into the numbers as well as putting them into context, what you see is now... Nah, these are recession GDP numbers. And what do I mean by recession GDP numbers? Well, first of all, it means not soft landing, but false landing. We'll get into all those details next. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. I sincerely thank you for joining me. If you're interested, Eurodollar University memberships available where we have exclusive video, exclusive content. Today, we've got Q&A stuff going on uh, in terms of a Q&A video that's being done. We've got research subscriptions, a daily briefing that I do with Markets Insider Pro, as well as the daily deep dive analysis where I guarantee you I'll be taking a deep dive, a deeper dive into these recession numbers and what they mean because GDP is only one part of it and you really do need to look at all the details, not just the headline stuff. All the information available at eurodollar.university. So if we're going to contextualize the GDP numbers, which you, which you always have to do, you can't rely on a single number because a, a single number won't tell you anything. To start with the contextualization, let's let's talk. Let's look at annual comparisons. So the again the uh, quarterly rate was 2.85 percent or 2.9 percent if you prefer, but the annual rate uh, there's a couple different ways you can measure the annual rate. The first one, the one that's generally accepted, is Q4 over Q4. 
And when you look at Q4 over Q4, so Q4 2022 versus Q4 2021, the annual rate is 0.96%. That's the worst year since 2009. It looks a little bit better, marginally better, when you do the average, uh, the average of GDP of 2022 versus the average of GDP in 2021. This is sort of a, a secondary measurement. That's 2.16%, or excuse me, it's 2.08%, which is, that's the worst since 2016. And to put these numbers into further context, put these annual numbers into further context, let's compare 2022 with 2007. The average annual gain in 2007 was 2.01. So 2022 was 2.08 and 2007 was 2.01. So those numbers are really similar. And the more appropriate Q4 over Q4 number, again, 2022 was 0.96, 2007 was 2.16. So in actual fact, last year was half the rate of 2007. That's not good. And why wasn't it good? We know why it wasn't good, because we had this technical recession to begin the first part of the year. It wasn't a technical recession. It wasn't a recession at all. It was a substantial slowdown. And what we're really interested in figuring out is whether that substantial slowdown was a one-time slowdown that just slowed a red-hot economy down enough to reach a stable equilibrium, or did it represent a material change? Now, intuitively, it doesn't seem like it should go that way, right? It just doesn't seem like if an economy falls down and starts to slow down, it wouldn't speed up again and then go into recession. We're kind of led to believe that if it does speed up again, that means that whatever weakness happened in a short-run basis was left on that short-run basis. So the negative quarters in the first half of the year, you look at the second half of 2022, the, the acceleration in GDP, it seems like that, 20, that first half weakness, that technical recession, was an isolated instance. But when you examine GDP, the behavior of GDP, and really the behavior of the economy before the parts before recession in prior recessions, what you find is that no. What you actually see is that GDP becomes very unstable. There's periods where it stumbles, rebounds, stumbles again, and then goes into recession. That's not at all uncommon. In fact, it's the recurring pattern over at least the last four recessions. So let's let's go back to 2007 and 2008. What you saw was, what you saw actually then was a technical recession, almost a technical recession, in the middle of 2006. After the housing bubble had peaked and started to fall down, GDP in those middle two quarters of 2006 were below 1% in both quarters. They weren't negative, but it was two quarters in a row that made people think something's gone on here. But then the GDP rebounded in the fourth quarter only to fall down, not, not negative, only to decelerate uh, substantially in the first quarter of 2007. And that's the one people started to really pay attention to, including policymakers at the Fed, because they saw the reacceleration in GDP in the fourth quarter of 20, 2006 and said, okay, maybe we're fine here. And then there was another stumble in the first quarter of 2007. And then we started hearing about hedge funds and subprime mortgages. And that was when things started to turn serious. You had the stumble in 2006, a rebound at the end of 2006, another stumble, modest stumble at the start of 2007, and then GDP rebounded. And it was 2.5%, almost stable, for the next 
three quarters. So second, third, and fourth quarters of 2007, which led policymakers to believe, like today, as well as the public, despite all of these financial noises we can hear making obscene sounds in the background, the economy seems to be weathering all that stuff rather well. We can see the yield curve. We can see euro dollar futures. We can see market volatility. But GDP for three straight quarters at 2.5% made it appear as if everything was well, when it wasn't. If you dug into the details, what you saw was the unstable economy being held up by artificial temporary factors. And as soon as all of those things combined, financial volatility, monetary disruption, and companies no longer willing to hold uh, jobs, there's your recession. Unstable economy, regardless of what any individual quarter and tends to be. Go back to the previous recession, the dot-com recession in 2000 and 2001. The recession was in 2001, but you could see it coming in 2000 for the same reasons, all the same stuff we're talking about, inversions, financial markets, volatility, and GDP. You had massive growth to end 1999, which of course the Fed says, this, this growth is too much. We got to cut it back because we're afraid it'll be inflationary. That's how ridiculous monetary policies are. We can't have too much growth. So we had major growth in, in the 99, and then once again, stumble in the first quarter of 2000. GDP was only one and a half percent, again, modern estimates in the first quarter of 2000. Then it rebounded in the second quarter of 2000 by 7.2%, major, massive growth, only to stumble again in the third quarter. The third quarter was just 0.39%. But then, as these inversions spread, as recession alarm bells uh, rang loudly in that third quarter with GDP almost zero, in the fourth quarter, GDP rebounds 2.37%. That sounds familiar too. But by then it was already too late. The financial markets were correct. The economy was unstable because that's what really happens here. You don't just go from expansion into contraction. There's this transition phase. And in this transition phase, what you see is general weakness, but really it's, it's, it's an in, it's a, a underlying instability that creates all sorts of problems that take time to eventually coalesce into what we more commonly associate with recession. So this up and down in GDP, not necessarily a good sign. Depends on conditions, which is why we rely on so much on financial markets. Let's go back to the recession before that. One more, we'll just do one more review here. The 1990-91 recession. Why don't we have a name for that one, by the way? I mean, we can't really call it the Saddam recession. That wouldn't be appropriate, nor was that really the case. I mean, it would. We, should, we really should be calling it the SNL recession because that's what happened. And when you look at the GDP reports, the GDP estimates, that's exactly what you find. Again, things looked relatively decent in 1989. We got this SNL crisis finally escalating. The economy stumbles in the fourth quarter of 89, GDP 0.79%, not good indication something was wrong, only to see GDP rebound substantially in the first quarter of 1990, up 4.35%. So Alan Greenspan, who was a little bit concerned, inversions, all the same stuff, late 89 into early 1990, economy seems to rebound sharply in 1990, everything seems fine, only to then take a slow dive toward recession. 
GDP in the second quarter of 90 was 1.45% before basically flat in the third quarter and then the negative quarters in 1991 or the end of 1990 into 1991. So again, repeating pattern, unstable economy. There's a stumble, instability, recession. So when we look back at 2022, 2022, we did, it wasn't the it wasn't a technical recession or anything like that. It was, as I've been saying, the economy stumbled. The economy stumbled very badly. Two quarters in a row that were actually negative GDP, consistent with a stumble. Only to have the economy, or at least GDP, rebound in the third, now fourth quarter of last year. But when you look at the underlying details, what ties them together, what times, ties all these quarters together, and ties them together with these pre-recession periods throughout history, is the underlying factors. And the underlying factors were really what, what precedes every recession. You have weakening demand, both consumer as well as business demand. And you see that very much in last year's numbers. Uh, the best way to to really understand and appreciate weak demand is a couple of data series called final sales. First one is the final sales of domestic product, which means US produced goods and services that are, that are sold anywhere in the world. So it includes exports, includes every goods and service, all goods and services that are bought domestically by consumers and businesses. So final sales, real final sales of domestic product, because these are adjusted for prices, was just 1.4% in the fourth quarter. And for the entire year of 2022, just 1.3%. So there wasn't recession in 2022, according to this number, but there was this was a level consistent with an economy transitioning from expansion toward recession. That's a number that you look at and say, yeah, that's consistent with a, con a coming contraction, if, if not one that already started last year. Probably November. Final sales, real final sales to domestic purchasers. This means the goods and services that were purchased in the United States, regardless of where they were produced. So this includes U.S. imports. In the fourth quarter, 0.8%. That's a pretty bad number, as you can, as you can appreciate. For the entire year of 2022, 0.9%. Not good. So the one thing that that doesn't include obviously, or maybe it's not obviously, final sales to domestic purchasers means final sales. It does not include inventories because inventories are not final sales. There's goods that are being moved up the supply chain from business to business sales. And so with these weak final sales numbers for all of 2022, marginal GDP really then depends upon these other factors like GDP, or not like GDP, like <laughs> like inventories in any particular quarter, as well as other things like, say, net exports. As far as net exports go, that was one of the main reasons why GDP had been 3.2% in the third quarter to begin with, because imports were falling much faster than exports. Exports were actually still up, while imports were falling quickly. Because of the way GDP is accounted, net exports contributed almost all of that gain in the third quarter. So even the third quarter's number was highly illusory. Weak demand, extra factors. In the fourth quarter, it actually flipped. Well, it didn't really flip, but net exports, both imports and exports are, were contracting, contracted in the fourth quarter, 
But because imports were still falling at a faster rate than exports are now falling, that actually added 56 basis points or 56 points to the 2.9% GDP quarterly rate, annual rate, quarterly annual rate. That's almost, that's, that's almost a, a sixth of it just in net exports again. But a big chunk of it came from inventories. Now, it wasn't because companies were saying the economy is starting to look hot again. We need to order more stuff. It's because the sale of goods in the fourth quarter tailed off rather substantially. So Christmas really did end up being somewhat of a bust. In fact, considering expectations, even hopes, it was underwhelming to be sure, which meant that a lot of a lot of goods got stuck in inventory. Goods that were intended to be sold could not have been sold. And so you look at the inventory numbers. In the third quarter, inventory gained just $39 billion, which was one of the lowest increases in inventory in recent years. Then that bulged to $130 billion in the fourth quarter. An extra $130 billion in inventory at relatively lower prices, which meant that that's how many goods were being stuck that could not be sold. That's not a good thing. That then explains why we're seeing, especially manufacturing PMIs, fall through the floor. Because the fourth quarter was a bad quarter in terms of demands, Christmas shopping, leaving retailers and wholesalers and probably some manufacturers with way too many goods, which is why they've called a halt, a serious halt to production. And now we see manufacturing fall off. That $130 billion increase in real value of inventories in the fourth quarter contributed 1.46 points to the fourth quarter rate. So you put that together with net exports and you've got two points out of the 2.9% through these special factors. And what you're left over with is the about 0.9%, which is really the final sales number. So what we look at when we look at GDP it's consistent with the context of economies stumbling their way toward recession. It's consistent in the details with weakened demand that you always see in these transition periods between expansion, then contraction eventually. And more than that, financial markets consistently tell us that these are weak economic circumstances and they are more likely than not to lead into substantial contraction. That that conviction has gotten only more only more certain as this year as the end of as last year ended and we started this year talked about the near term forward spread my good friend emil kalinowski former co-host here at eurodollar university sends me along this chart which shows two year 10 year spreads in various places around the world that have inverted inversion has gone global that can't be because the world has been engineered into just the right circumstances for a Goldilocks soft landing. Instead, what you see in these GDP reports and other accounts is a false landing, false signals. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, huge sincere thank you to Eurodollar University members, as well as all the Eurodollar University and Markets Insider Pro research subscribers, information on all those things at eurodollar.university. And until next time, take care.